going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire, USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. Now I got my guy with me, as always, from DraftKings, my guy, former editor of NetsWire, Nick Fryer. Nick, what's going on, man? How was going uh, on over there in your world? Uh, well, a lot's going on. I'm ready for basketball season to go. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying baseball and the start of football and everything, but, uh, I'll, I will say it's quiet here in, in my, you know, basketball corner of the world, not compared to what's going on with you just a few, you know, a few hours South shit. I mean, like, listen, everything in Philadelphia is just loud. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I, I know Boston up there, you, it gets loud in Boston and everything. You got, you got a good team up there with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the Celtics figure to be somewhere in the mix in there. But, I mean, everything going on with the 76ers right now, and that's exactly where we're going to dive right into it. Ben Simmons right now, dear Lord. We all knew the Sixers were getting set to take trade calls on Simmons shortly after the Game 7 loss to the Atlanta Hawks, right? We all knew that. But then Simmons kind of rippled everything when he officially requested his trade on August 31st. Everything that has transpired since August 31st between I'm not coming to training camp, to this latest report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Ben won't even play another game for the franchise, um, to the report that Ben Simmons' camp doesn't even feel like the Sixers developed him correctly, and they're and they're kind of to blame for for his lack of a, a jump shot and everything else in between. Get out! It has become such a shit show surrounding Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers that Nick training camp starts on Tuesday, and mm. we all and media days Monday, and we all know Simmons is not going to be there. Yeah, there's no shot in hell he's going to be there. And honestly, like, I, I, I don't – like, in the end, I don't know what Rich Paul is trying to do in all this. And I know that's a whole – he's part of all this too. But, like, you, you want to get him out of there. So, if you want to get him out of there, you want to make sure – I mean, the Sixers got to get something good in return. So, then they feel like it's worthwhile investment. As much as they don't think maybe you can win, you know, a title with him – you want to still try and, you know, get the other team to give you something that, that can be a usable piece. It's like a, not better than usable piece for Ben Simmons, but man, this, like this whole thing has just been so poorly handled. I think from the start, like when you go back to what Doc Rivers said, like right, right after they, they got knocked out, he's saying like, I don't know if you can win uh what is it? Win a title with, with Ben Simmons as your point guard, something to that effect, but he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Listen, the question really was, can Ben Simmons be a point guard on a championship winning team? Like that, that's all the question was. And Doc, you know, he was, I think he was just completely honest about it. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. And it came in the aftermath of a game seven loss at home to the Atlanta Hawks when you're the number one seed in the East and you blew it because mm. Nick, because Nick, let's be real, the 2021 playoffs is probably Philadelphia's best shot at winning a championship. Yep. The only thing that's the biggest thing that screwed him over was, of course, Joel Embiid's, um, you know, the issue that he had going with it was his meniscus, right? Yeah, but Joel was still, but you know, still he, the, he would still be in Joel. But I told you if he's – I told you, though, that I, I did call it at the start of that series, not to, like, toot my own horn, but I said the, six, the Sixers were going to lose that series. I, I, like, I'm still stunned that it freaking happened. But, but yeah, I, I, but, Kai, at the end, like, it doesn't matter, like, whether or not Doc actually feels that way. You're the head coach. You're trying to keep everything, you know, copacetic or whatever. And you go and say, I don't know, to the media. It's like, no, just by default, you should say yes. You should say yes, 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 always back your guys publicly at least. At, at that point, I feel like it was just frustration. I mean, he was frustrated with the fact that Ben passed up a dunk in game mm. seven um, and that he yeah. shoots 34.2% from the free throw line throughout the entire playoffs. At that point, frustration comes out. So I, I, I can't blame Doc a, really too much because at that point, it's human nature just for frustration to come out to the media at, at that point in time. And then sure, Joel, you, and then Joel, you pay him to do. This is what you pay him to do, Kyle. Like, that's what his job is. Like, I understand Joel Embiid, but 
but doc to me, it's just, and that's fine. If you feel that way, I just feel different. I feel like doc, like that's what he should be. Like that's what he's there to do. He's supposed to manage this shit. No, a- absolutely. Because at that point you have to back your guy. You have yeah. to. And you don't mean it. Yeah. And, and that's what I've been trying to tell people all season long. You know, behind the scenes, doc is like, dude, take a jump shot. Please take a jump shot. It's not that hard. Like what basketball player doesn't want to hear, Hey man, you should shoot more. Like what basketball player doesn't want to hear that? Ben and, Simmons is a little Kai Carl in him. That's what he needs. I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bucket. It is, it is what it is at the end of the day. Like I'll be out here, jacket. In but the listen, gym range. Oh, in the gym. As soon as I walk in the gym, I'm firing it. Yep. Here's the thing though, man. And, and you know, Stephen A. Smith said something the other night, like once Ben, I think that report came out that Ben uh, will not play another game for the franchise. And Stephen A was like, are, are, are you kidding me? Like you of all people are me making trade demands to the Philadelphia 76ers. You're, the, you know, the one who had five points in a game seven at home. The one who passed up the dunk. The one who refuses to work on any part of his game. The one who just shot 30% from the free throw line in the playoffs. You are making demands out here. I just like, listen, this whole thing has been poorly mishandled on both sides. You know, Doc with his comments and flailing back and forth and the way Ben kind of got portrayed in the public. But Ben, on the other hand, I'm putting I'm going to put 80 percent of the blame on Simmons. I'm going to put 20 percent on the Sixers. Mm-hmm. But, and, and just for me, it, we wouldn't even be having this conversation Nick, if Ben would just take a damn jump shot. Really this is bad. true. This is true. My thing, I guess my issue more with Doc comes down to like thinking about the bigger picture. It's not so much like keeping Ben Simmons happy. Like I don't like at that point, I would think he's done with him. Like clearly with that kind of statement, he's probably done with him. My thing is more like you want to make sure that you're getting something in return for this guy. You need to get rid of him. Clearly he's part of the problem. If Doc is saying that publicly, clearly in, like, like within, you know, the safety outside of the press, then there's other things being said, you know, he's talking to Daryl Morey or whoever, but, but yes, when it comes to the way that this is broken down, yeah, it's absolutely on Ben. Like where it's like, what? There's, they haven't developed him well or whatever. Like, get out of my face with that. Like, you, you got your top pick. You should be able to take a jump shot. Yeah, listen. That when that story came out, I thought that was the most bogus thing I've ever heard. Do you remember Brett Brown? And he literally said to the media, "Please take a jump shot. I'm begging, just please take a jump shot. I want you to take one three a game. I, I don't, I don't care when you take it, how you take it. Just take one three a game. That's all I'm asking out of you." And Ben did not take a single three, Nick the rest of the season. The only threes he took were desperation heaves from half court in the quarters. And that is where the frustration comes in with Ben Simmons because you see the jump shot videos all off season. And Nick, we've seen them again this off season. We saw him again this summer. Ben's out in LA. He's knocking down threes. He's knocking down tough fadeaway jumpers. And now we're going to head into this season. And we all know Ben's not going to do that. And it's just, it's at a point where it's like, Ben, you're, you're doing this to yourself. Dude. I don't, I, I know we've kind of talked about this before a little bit, like, you know, is he the biggest bust ever? And I know he's got his like individual accolades. No, he's not a bust. I don't think he's a bust. Like, like not even close. Like, like if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go down that route, I don't think you can call Ben Simmons a bust. I just don't think so. Because, okay. Because I mean, listen, he's still a guy who has the potential to be a franchise cornerstone piece, and that's what bothers me so much about him because mm. he's got the potential to be what's the. I think Stephen A. called him. If he gets a jump shot, he's LeBron 2.0, right? And I think I would have to completely agree with that because of the way he impacts the game, not, not, not like outside of his scoring, the way he defends, rebounds, assists, he's an elite playmaker, an elite defender. If he just comes up with a jump shot, that changes things. The thing is, though, the Sixers wanted to remain patient in these Simmons talks to wait for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal to break free of Portland and Washington because mm-hmm. the two of them 
and I was saying this all summer, Lillard and Beal are so fiercely loyal to their organizations and their franchises that, you know, the only way that they're going to force their way out is if they just kind of reach a breaking point. And neither of them have reached that breaking point just yet. Lillard, though, I feel like is close. So the Sixers are waiting for that. But Lillard, that- Lillard's the coaching situation that led him to that. Otherwise, I can understand him. I respect him being loyal. And I think up until – He wanted Phillips. But he, but wasn't he not part of the? Wasn't there like an issue with the process? Like initially, they didn't handle it correctly. Either way, either way, Kai, like I, I understand him being loyal and him sticking it out more so than I do Beal because I just think Lillard's that much more of a game changer than Bradley Beal. Like I think Bradley Beal's good and everything like that. Don't get me wrong; he'd be a huge asset to whatever team he gets added to. But like, I don't know, man. I just think that I, I'm just starting to think that Beal is not on that tier that everybody wants to put him at. He's like a just a notch below it's still a great player and everything but to go back to the Simmons stuff I I mean look to say that he goes from this what he is now where Joel Embiid is blaming him you know big time you know throwing shade at him a ton docks at like this breaking point with him and everything to say he's going to go from if he gets a jump shot then he turns to LeBron as a stretch for me and even then like the biggest thing is Kai it's not just that like he can't shoot a jump shot or whatever like that's I understand like whether or not he's good or bad is we can't, I mean, you can only argue, debate that so much because he barely ever shoots. That's the problem. Like, that's where it's like, that to me is such a huge leap from Stephen A because it's like, wait a minute. He's like, you have to, he has to get like the, the mental fortitude to like build up the will to take a jump shot. He can't even do that. That's my thing. Like you can't go to LeBron to that level because LeBron is just so physically gifted that it's like, it doesn't matter if he's soft mentally or whatever. Like we were, you've questioned that over the years or not. It's like, he's just so freaking physically gifted. It doesn't matter. And Ben Simmons is absolutely immensely physically gifted. And when you look at like players in the league, he's definitely up there in that regard, but still like the, the, I'm just sorry. Like to me, it's just like he's soft and, and leaving Philly will help him in that regard. Cause Philly is tough to play in whatever sport you're talking about. That sure. said though, how much is it really going to make him better? How much is it going to open him up to take shots? I don't know. For me, for me, the thing is though, and, and I agree with you completely. I've been saying that Ben Simmons has been, he doesn't have it mentally for, I'm saying for like three, four years now. Unreal. And you know what? You, you go back to his former playoff performances, Boston in 2018, you kind of give him a, you got to cut him some slack because he was a rookie. You know, that was his first time in the playoffs. He cut him some slack there. 2019 against Toronto. It's like, okay, man, this is now twice you you failed in the playoffs. Like, at some point, you've got to make a step up. And then in 2021, like, this 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 past playoff run against the Hawks was just pathetic. It was, it was absolutely pathetic. And now it's not just – it's a, it's not like it's a one-time thing anymore, Nick. Like, this has become a trend. And when, when the playoffs roll around and when teams begin to pack the paint, and they're like, okay, Ben, shoot the ball. That's a detriment, not just to Philadelphia, but for Ben, even even his brand. Like, like think, like, and everything about it. And also, all of this off the court drama, Nick. Think about this now. If if you're if you're if you're Ben Simmons moving forward, and your brand, like, you're going to be looked at now as like a malcontent moving forward if, if things don't go your way. And just the things just right now, I feel like it's just, it, it's a soap opera, and it's ugly. Yeah. I hate it, and we're and we're on the collision course for a messy divorce. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's already, it's, I mean, it, I don't know how I can get too much messier than it's already been because this is like some next level stuff. But I'll tell you what, like that, you, you raise a good point in all of it too. Like we're talking, like talking about like how like soft he is mentally, right? And you're like, it's, 
it's not like where some guys just flat out choke in the postseason like they can't hit shots and like these are shots they normally make and all that kind of stuff and then it's like he oh boy the, he won't even take them mm-hmm. like that is some next level shit like, like and look i know for sixers fans like as much as he's been frustrating they want him to do well and everything like that but everybody outside of i well i feel like most people outside of philly have looked at ben simmons is like there's still a lot to be desired there. And there's still a lot of room that he, I, he has to do a lot of growth mentally before he can really grow as a player. Because like, dude, I, I just don't, I don't understand how as a competitor, you're not trying. And, and like everybody views you as the guy or the Robin in this case, if you want to say Joel, like, it's just like, how do you not, how do you never take advantage of that? People want you to go out and, and attempt it because I think you have a good, better shot than most to succeed. No, for sure. And like, here's the thing. I, I don't think this off the court drama is coming from Ben Simmons himself. I personally think it's it's Rich Paul. This is just from this is just an opinion, like like just from mm. an outside view type of thing. I mean, especially after reading the Rich Paul Norman's Noel story, mm. um, it, it just kind of seems like Paul has like some type of vendetta against the Sixers. I don't know what it is. Um, like like because I mean the Sixers wanted Noel back, and, and Paul didn't even return any calls from the organization, and now there's everything that's going on here with Ben. And apparently, here's the thing. And this is another thing I'm kind of thinking about right now. Rich Paul actually asked, like, silently requested a trade in June, like right after the season. Like they met in Chicago and Paul, I guess, requested a trade then. And then I guess they were, and then now I guess they were just really upset with the fact that really nothing was moving. And now they're going public with it to try to put more pressure on the Sixers. The thing is, though, it's really making Ben look really bad right now. That like, mm-hmm. like, that he's going to have to do like a lot of PR to really kind of rebuild his reputation. And is I feel like this is not just going to hurt the Sixers. I feel like this is going to hurt Simmons even as a uh, a player moving forward. Like teams are going to want to shy away from all of this. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like it's very hard. Like we've seen in the league how it's hard. Like when you start building, like you people develop a, an opinion of you pretty early on, and then when something when if something radical happens, and this is a pretty radical thing. I mean, Ben Simmons is not really earned the right i think in most people's eyes to to request a trade he hasn't yeah. like, yeah. like what have you done in the playoffs dude I, I don't know anybody that would that feel he that feels that he has the right to necessarily do that other than maybe his camp um and, and i don't even know if ben simmons himself thinks he has the right to do that because i mean god he, he can't even muster up a, a, the, the will to take a shot in the postseason you think he must yeah. up the will to be the one to request that trade no that's all rich paul um and and i mean ben simmons you got to be careful i honestly i i know we've seen like the um the stuff with the Warriors governor and everything like that, Joe Lake of like how it's like he's been, he got fined for like Ben Simmons comments that he's made. It was over the past year or over the years, like that's tampering. He got fined for that league. Was it, it was, I think it was 50 K, which for him is probably nothing. Um, but like, I, that's a place when I look at like where it would be good for him to go. It's probably there because I would think that a guy like Steph Curry is like, an ideal teammate or, or Draymond Green, whatever he needs, you have two different guys that are opposite ends of the spectrum that can probably get the best out of you. But you give, you just brought up Draymond Green. The Warriors don't want Simmons because they already have Draymond Green. And they, they view Green as a similar type of player who will also at least take three pointers. <laughs> everybody else shoots more than men Simmons. It's just, if they, if they took the, if they took a flyer on him, if nobody else can like muster up the, the, if the Sixers aren't satisfied with anything, and then at the end of the day, it's the, the Warriors have the best one. I wouldn't mind seeing both of them on that roster. Still, so why not take that chance? You know what's crazy? I, I, you just you just brought up the fact that there are a lot of people, a lot of dudes who will shoot more than Ben Simmons. And and um, this this particular player I'm about to bring up is very near to my heart. But I was watching old Piston games on YouTube, and Ben Wallace was out here taking jump shots. He was. 
If Ben Wallace is going to take jump shots and, you know, your 6'10 point guard and Ben Simmons won't, I mean, come on, man. Oh, it's just coming back to a point. He just he doesn't have it mentally. And I think that's going to be like a really huge thing moving forward. The, um, now, in terms of Philadelphia, uh, like I said, they didn't handle this very well either. Um, you know, Maury was really out here setting a really huge precedent when it came to value. Like, you know, he was asking, he was out here asking for a lot. Like he was asking, I think there was one trade that he was asking uh, for two. He went to Toronto and he said, give me Ananobi, Lowry, Van Vliet, and two picks for Simmons. And they mm. were like, they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't like, I don't blame any team for saying no on a, on a Ben Simmons deal. Like that asked for like anything, like I would say good in return like any b plus guy it's like this guy's he's he's what does he do for you right now like, like sure he gets you to the postseason but that's it and even then joel's do, definitely carrying the heavy the lifting there right it's definitely joel and this is joel and then this is all just confirms that this is joel and bead's team and you know which is something we all already knew it's joel's team but you know we were all everybody was hoping that ben would kind of step up and be the robin and right now it's just he can't do it because it, it, it's a mental thing nick he refuses to take any shots and that, and that's really going to hold him back. And, and, and if, and the thing is though, now the Sixers are trying to backtrack doc went on first take and said, Oh, I, I never said that. I don't know if he can win. I, I was saying, I'm not going to answer that question. And it's like, like, no, that, that is not what you said. And it, it's at a point where like, sure, the Sixers deserve some blame, but Simmons really needs to kind of, I, I feel like he needs to kind of get better advice. And I think Kyle Newbeck from the Philly boys actually reported that the Sixers secretly have told him to be like, yo, fire Rich Paul. So uh, it's just like the Sixers are actually trying, I guess, trying to pressure him to get Paul out of there, which I don't blame him considering uh, all the stuff that has happened with Paul and, ha- and Nerlens Noel. And then there was another report that he was trying to get Tyrese Maxey out of there now, which I think is nonsense. Cause if they trade Ben, Tyrese is going to be the starting point guard. I'll tell you what, I think when you look at there, – there, there are two, two issues here, and the blame is different in each of them. I think when you're talking about the trade portion of it and how that's handled, as much as like Rich Paul and, and Ben Simmons are ridiculous to request this trade, I think that the Sixers have handled this worse, and Doc's the one to blame primarily for how it all started. But when you talk Very about well. the, the development of Ben Simmons – like you said, it's 80-20. I think you're right in that. You're in the correct range. Or it could even be more Ben Simmons and his camp's fault because it's just like, why can't you do this? And look, if it's like a reason, something you got to see somebody about, like to talk about the issues that you have and like maybe fears or whatever it is, then then do it. Like someone should be t- helping him get through this. If the Sixers yeah. like, can't get to his camp to do it, like then I, I don't blame them for saying get rid of Rich Paul because like he's helped create this mess. He absolutely has. Um, oh, and it's yeah. not just, it's not just right now. It's all the stuff that's happened in the years prior. Yeah. Like there, there's a, there's a lot. There's, yeah. there's so much that, that has gone on with, with, with Ben Simmons. And again, it's kind of at a point where if you're the Sixers, right. You can't, you can no longer afford to wait for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. So we're one of them to, to shake free. You can't do that anymore. Uh, like like the Sixers or, or Simmons, I should say, took took that away. They took that luxury away. So now you have to kind of, if you're Daryl Morey, you have to come up with something. Now I know there's a lot of John Wall talk. Um, there's a lot of John Wall rumblings. The Rockets have made him available. Um, you know, the, I don't, the Rockets have are all like, oh, we'll trade Wall for Simmons. But you don't settle for John Wall. You can't do that right now. Like John Wall is going to make 44 million next year, and he's 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 a walking injury waiting to happen. That it, money it, is ridiculous. Oh my God. It, it, that, that's stupid money. You're like $44 million 
for John Wall, a guy oh. who has played 113 games combined over the last four seasons. Now, listen, John Wall can still be a, a good player. He averaged 20 and seven this year, but at the end of the day, he played 40 games. And it's, it's just like between Joel and John Wall, the way that they're going to be dealing with their injuries, that's two injuries waiting to happen. So, so I have, I've, I've been going through ESPN's trade suggestions, right? Now, they suggested Simmons to Sacramento for Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and Marvin Bagley III. Now, oh. you could easily like slide Halliburton or Maxi in there because, I mean, the, the two of them, like, are, in my opinion, could be star point guards in the future. And Heald would be a great fit. Yeah. But I don't know if, if Simmons and his camp would be like, oh, yeah, let's go to Sacramento. Okay, so for, so do they do they have final say on if the deal goes through? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I never I never heard anything like that. But like I, I okay, so I, I this but is they're going to manipulate it though. They're going to do their best to try to manipulate some things. Absolutely, no doubt about that. But when you like when we're looking at this trade now, it is definitely different than if you tried to trade Ben Simmons like last year. Let's say like in January, even before the season, because at that point, like his value is very different. There's not like this need on the Sixers end to move him, so they are in a much greater position of power as much as they would have been the ones shopping him. Now it's like you're kind of in desperation mode because he's not going to play for you, and that's just a, a huge loss on your roster. So, so as much as like where I hear this deal, like my gut says right now, based on the way things are for them, I want to say that's like a B move, but like. Yeah. Last year, you know, I know Halliburton was just breaking in and everything like that, but I had a really good rookie year. Yes, I like I like him a lot, but like before he even really got going, I probably would have said, nah, it's a C move. Like we don't know what Halliburton's gonna turn into. Healed solid, but like Ben Simmons is supposed to be able you should be able to fetch a larger price for Ben Simmons. But now you kind of can't. You've lost a ton of power. So I would say like I'd give that great that trade a B if, if they were able to salvage that at the end of the day. Okay. There's another one that I really like, and it involves Portland. But it's not for Lillard. It's for C.J. McCollum. Hmm. Now, this is from Stephen A. Smith. I think he mentioned something uh, yesterday on First Take. And he said that the Blazers are – like they could offer something along the lines of C.J. McCollum, Robert Covington, uh, and picks or something like that for Simmons. The return now, of Robert Covington. Right? Hmm. Now, the Blazers, though, have come out. And there, there was a report, I think, in early September from um, – one of the Portland beat writers, I forget the name escapes me, but he reported that the Blazers do not like Simmons and Lillard together because Lillard needs the ball. Simmons also needs the ball because he's not effective off of it. So they're, they're not sure how, how that, how that would even work. Mm. But if you could get CJ McCollum, a guy who can break down a defense, um, he's, he's not a good defender. And that's where you have to, you would probably have to rely on Matisse Thibel just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, McCollum would be a really good addition. I feel like, and 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 then again, Covington. You know, Covington is a, is a terrific defender in his own right. Yeah, I think that that's a head scratcher on the Blazers' part, but on the Sixers' part, I absolutely love that. That would be that would be an A. Like again, in this like new reality where like you can't really get as much as you should for Ben right. Simmons. Like, one of the best players, one of the top right. talents. Yeah. Like for CJ McCollum, like I give this like an easy A at, at that point. I would probably give it like a B plus normally. Um, but yeah, I, I'd absolutely do that. And look with the defense. Yeah, sure. Like you, you take a hit and you're pro honestly, as much as like I pick on Ben Simmons, like defensively. Yes. We all know what he's he brings to the table, but you you've we've seen what happens when you have him like his, like you need to be able to provide some semblance of offense. You cannot just be a r really good defender. That's just not going to be enough. Like you, you need to be able to like 
do something offensively. And like when you get to the postseason, he does zero. There might be some right. zero. Right. Like that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, now there was a there there are two more I want to touch on. One is from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now Minnesota has been trying to nab Simmons all summer. The thing is though, they do not want to give up D'Angelo Russell, Carl Towns, or Anthony Edwards. So they're trying to like basically fleece the Sixers, which right. I, I guess with the firing of Gerson Rosas, um, Rosas, mm. I, guess, I guess, was the one who was like, no, let's keep D'Angelo Russell, according to another report. And now that Rosas is gone, maybe the Wolves will give up Russell. So this Ooh, that would be, I, before you go into that deal, that would be a bold move on Timberwolves' part because the whole thing is that he, him and, isn't it him, Booker, and Towns are boys? I know Booker's not going to go in there anytime soon, but those three, He's those three. Booker's saying in Phoenix. I mean, the Suns just made the finals. Of course, but I'm saying like those, those three guys are super tight, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, so, yeah, they are. They are. But like you take D'Lo out of the equation there, I just feel like that's not going to go over well. Well, Towns apparently was, was caught off guard by the Rosas firing. Like, he tweeted out, you know, WTF, like as soon as the, the announcement became official from Shams. Mm, okay. So, so here's the deal from ESPN. So they say Timberwolves get Simmons, and in return, Philly gets Russell, a 2022 protected first-round pick, a 2024 protected first-round pick, and a 20 and uh, with a bunch of different protections on there and things like that. So basically, it's Russell and two draft picks, first-round picks. Simmons. Well, those picks, I still have all the confidence in the world that those picks are going to be of really good value. I will say that. I don't think, I bet you flip-flop yeah. Ben Simmons and D'Lo, that the Timberwolves are still not going to make noise. I still think they make the, I think they make the playoffs. Like, like between Simmons, Towns, and Edwards, and you still, you, you, like you're still keeping Malik Beasley. Like, like that, that's. Like maybe. That, that's, I, say, I say maybe at best. Tor, Tory and Prince, too, because remember, they, they acquired it from Cleveland, the Ricky Rubio deal. Okay, so I, I, you know that I paid really close attention to Torian Prince. Like his, my time covering the Nets started with Torian Prince's time with the Nets, and obviously he left in the middle of that, as did I. Um, but right. like I, 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 that dude is just he he has talent, but like it's just so strange. Like he he can't like he he started off awesome for the Nets and then just completely cooled off. And I've never seen him really pick up other than like in revenge games. That's honestly, it is the only time to see him really step up. So I have like, I, I'm not going to go use Torian Prince as like a, as a valuable piece as much as I want to see the guy do. Well, I like him, but he's just never, he's never put together, but I, I don't, I don't think I like the, I, I do not like the Timberwolves. Um, I don't like, I don't know how much I like that move. I'd probably put that as the third best move on this you know, out of three so far. Right. Okay. Um, you know, because I, I think those picks could be of value, but um, okay. I'd probably give it like a C plus, like in, in this vacuums, which is even you know worse if we're, if we're talking like without that. All right, last one. Ben goes to Cleveland for Kevin Love, a 2022 first round pick, a 2024 first round pick, and a 2026 second uh, first round pick. You want to do Kevin? Hmm, I don't know about that. I don't yeah, know. How yeah, that- Kevin Love, the way I look at John Wall, you know what I'm saying? Mm, like, like that's, a, that's good. Like a former all-star who's like kind of on his last legs, could maybe be a contributor, maybe. But, I mean, Love is another one who has been very hurt over the last couple of years. He played 25 games last year, man. I mm-hmm. think I think he played 50 in 2019-20, and I think he played 22 games in 2018-19. I, I, mean, I mean, Love's got – he's injury prone at this point. Him and I'd, re- I'd really like to see it happen just to see Ben Simmons get banished to Cleveland – um, but I, I, I do, there is part of me that wonders like what happens if Kevin Love is like 
in a situation where like you can compete. You know what I mean? I don't know how much you're going to contend at this point if, you know, you go and make that move because for the Sixers, but they would still be a very competitive team. I don't love the fit of two bigs, like as much as, you know, Kevin Love helps stretch the floor and everything. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much I love that, but maybe that would, maybe that would work for him in the end if he's, if he's stretched in the floor. But uh, like that one, I like more than the Timberwolves deal for the Sixers, but I don't really like it that much still. Final question. After, after this Ben Simmons trade is complete, are the Sixers still contenders in these? It's it, honest. Well, if you're going to make me pick one or the other, I'm going to say, okay, contenders in the East. What does that mean? Like to come out of the East and compete for the finals? Yeah. No. no. I, to, it, it, it would be CJ's the only way it could happen. And even then I still say no. I'm going to have to agree for me. It's dude. If, if Brooklyn's healthy, uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody, anybody beats that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got Kyrie Irving, you got Kevin Durant, you got James Harden. On top of that, you added Blake Griffin. You you added uh, you know a, a bunch of other different pieces. I, I mean, like like the Sixers are not not excuse me not the Sixers. The Nets to me are the clear cut favorites to come out of the East. Dude, how about the rumor? I think Stephen A. was one that put it out there, right? That the Sixers the the it was the Nets were considering Kyrie for um for Simmons and all that. Like all and Durant said no. Yeah, all those rumors that have been floating <laughs> out there about Kyrie is just like I I could not find this like. It's just wild that it's happened. And, and if that trade, I would have loved it if that trade happened. That would have been a great, great for the Sixers. This is the best case scenario for the Sixers in the end with this. Um, and it just would have been, I th- but in the end, I don't, I think it probably would have been really messy for both. I feel like Simmons would have helped Brooklyn too defensively. Uh, like uh, if they were able to pull that off. But I mean, it might, I'm a, that's a place he might work or work okay because like, ah, you, don't, you don't need to shoot, dude. Stuff the other two guys kind of go to work. As much as Harden's been, I mean, Harden's been doing really well with the ball in his hands over there. Well, yeah, I mean that, that that's the thing. I don't know if you could play Ben off the ball. Like like that'd be the no. thing. I don't know if Ben could be effective off the ball. All right, Nick. Tell everybody where they can find you at, man. You can find me at Nick underscore Fryer on Twitter. And then uh, you can find me on DraftKings Playbook if you're looking for any uh, betting advice for baseball. And then, you know, basketball season's rolling around. So we make sure you pay attention for that. And The Sweat, you know, the show that we do every day on uh, DK Live's Twitter account and on Twitch as well. Shout out to everybody who's been viewing Sixers Wire. We hit 2 million views in August, and we hit 2 million views in July. So, like, you guys, thank you so much for your support. Going over to SixersWire.com. Make sure you check us out on Apple, Spotify, the site, SixersWire.com, wherever you find your podcast. I appreciate you guys so much for listening in. So, Nick, thank you so much for coming in, my guy. I appreciate you. And with that, we're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ring. 